Welcome to the Real Guy Podcast. Today, our special guest is Benny Blanco. Benny Blanco has been a longtime guide here in Everglades National Park in Biscayne Bay. Guiding well over 20 years, has hosted shows of Waterman on Florida Sportsman, and his recent show, Guide Flow, hosted on Waypoint TV. Benny's been a longtime friend and is an advocate and a captain for clean water. Today, Benny's going to tell you how you can make a difference in our fight for clean water. Clear the airways. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. Benny, thanks so much for inviting me to your home and being on the Real Guy Podcast. I mean, you're the epitome of a real guy, and it's guys like you that make our podcast roll. So thanks for uh, letting me come to your house and being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. We really appreciate you coming down. Yeah, well, it's, um, you know, one of the one of the um, things we're, we're pushing now is we want to make content that counts. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of content out there. We've produced content um, you know, for almost 20 years on the Internet. And a lot of the content that is out there now, although it gets lots of views, it's not really um, bringing the fisherman or the outdoorsman or the water lover um, pertinent information. Because things are changing here in, in Florida, and they're changing fast. You know, this 300,000 people a year moving here, mm-hmm. right? That's the right number? I don't know where they're going, but that's right. So think about that. About 300,000 people live in Orlando. So every year, we're putting another Orlando in the state of Florida, in one form, fashion, or another. Until we burst. Yeah. And um, do you think we're getting close to bursting? I mean, I thought we were going to burst 20 years ago, so... <laughs> I mean, we're, I, I feel like that's we're pretty close to that. I think there are a lot of uh, local governments that are already addressing overpopulation, right. like, like Dade County has. Um, I mean, we had to, collectively, we had to fight for the borders of the Everglades because we continue to build further west. Right. And we know the negative impact that it has on the Everglades National Park. And so if the Everglades wasn't there, how f- much further west would we be building? We'd, we'd be touching Naples by now. Right. Right. And so there has to be some kind of building on a local level, and definitely on a state level, where we're, we're addressing that huge number that happens every year. Mm-hmm. One of the um, one of the things that really motivated me to make sure to get you on the podcast is I think Broward and Dade County, like you said, they're full. Mm-hmm. You know, there's not much vacancy left here, no. and we are the leaders in the state of exploiting what we have. There's no doubt. Right? No doubt. You can't build on top of each other any more than we have. Right. And I, I, I wanted to um, I wanted to try to educate the audience that Broward and Dave is in a unique situation and watch us and learn from our mistakes right. and learn what not to do in these coastal communities all around, not only Florida, um, you know, Louisiana, Texas, um, Charleston, South Carolina is going through it. And um, everyone, I mean, one of the things I learned in doing the show over the last two years, initially I thought, well, I'm doing a show on water issues in the state of Florida. I only have so much content. I wonder if I have enough content for 12 episodes in a year. And after traveling, unfortunately, what I found is that every single watershed, every single community is suffering from similar issues, right. overpopulation, water issues, uh, just in general. And um, I mean, I, you literally can shoot a show every day of every year for the rest of your life and not cover all the water issues and the, lo- and the overpopulation issues that we have. 
Regular state. Now, let's talk about your show for a minute. Yeah. First of all, don't assume that anybody or everybody in the um, Real Guy Network is listening to this podcast knows about your show. Well, they should, damn it. Well, that's what we're doing with <laughs> content like this. So to tell them exactly the name of the show and where they can watch it. Sure. Go ahead. It's Guiding Flow TV. You can find us on Waypoint right now. Uh, we have plans in the future to be on uh, localized television, but the better way to reach the audience we want to reach is through a streaming network mm-hmm. uh, and waypoint is by far the best streaming network you can get it on your phone you can put it on your tv you can get it through netflix or hulu um, it's as available as possible and because of that we're reaching millions of people okay um and that's really important like you just said it, it, um everybody there's so much content out there. there's so many fishing shows mm-hmm. there's so many hunting shows mm-hmm. and to my opinion you can only watch you know, a grip and grin so many times. Right. You can only watch tarpon jumping in slow-mo so many times. Right. And, and at some point, you get tired of watching your fishery die. And for my entire livelihood, entire life, I've watched the Everglades suffer. I've watched Biscayne Bay suffer. I've watched the Florida Keys suffer. And not to the point where there's no fish. That's incorrect. We are absolutely the sport fishing capital of the world. You can right. catch the big five here on any given day. Right. Um, doesn't exist anywhere else. And that's the amazing part is that despite, in spite of how we've treated this, these fisheries, they're still unbelievably great. But I'm tired of watching it die. Right. I, I explain that to people. Like, there's two sides of the coin. Yeah. Like, I'm going to show you in one video the pollution and the crap that's coming out of the New River. Right. In my very next video, I'm showing people doubling up on 100-pound fish right. in Port Everglades, the same water that I was complaining about. So I really feel you. There's two sides of the coin. Let me tell you something. Producing a show where we're, we have to catch fish and, and highlight a fishery and at the same time talk about all the water issues and walk that fine line, keeping it entertaining but keeping it educational is extremely difficult. I wish, many times I wish, I was just shooting a fishing show because it would be easy. Mm-hmm. And then what we're trying to do is make having a conversation like we are about what the, what, what the issues are cool. I coined a phrase for that. It's content that counts. That's right. There you mm-hmm. go. That makes sense. I mean, and so going back to what you said initially, which was you want to do something. You know, content is content, but to have content that actually does something is extremely important right now. And I, I don't want any of the efforts that my team, Dan Diaz, and my, the rest of my team have done to, to be lost. I want people to watch what we've done understand what those water issues are, understand that it is okay to have conversations about it, and then to become a steward of their water. And I tell people this all the time, every place I go, no one cares about your water, the water that you fish, more than you do. Right. You'll never find a politician, a scientist, any business owner that will fight for that water like you will, right. because they're not connected to it like you are. And so all I'm trying to do is empower those people that already have that love for the water to do something about it. And I think that's where we have a place. That's where you and I can make a difference. Sure, sure. And, um, you know, I've watched you over the years. You've supported many causes. Mm-hmm. You supported the fisheries in general. You've always been as friendly as you can be and have gone out of your way to try to inspire younger people to fish and so on and so forth. I think being on the Waypoint platform, I think, is the right place at the right time. I'm on the Waypoint platform, you know, with the podcast. And... I could be on a lot of different places, but I feel that Waypoint has the right listenership mm-hmm. and is trying to collect the right listenership. 
And um, years ago, when we thought about media, social media especially, we wanted the biggest numbers. Right. You know, millions. Oh, I got a million. I get a million a month watching my YouTube channel. And at the time, um, when we were big into YouTube, it was okay. But today's world. The people that are getting the big numbers on social media are doing the dumbest shit. Right. Like the, is stu the more stupid you get, the more views you get. Right. Now, I've always been ahead of the curve when it comes to social media. And I've been saying this for about 24 months now. The big numbers are over. And good numbers is what counts right now. That's no doubt. Yeah, I'd rather have 10,000 passionate people about the topics and what I'm into than a 10 million people that just click and, you know, are gone in the abyss. There's examples of that everywhere. I mean, there are a couple, I'll leave them unnamed, but there are a couple of TV shows who have social media pages, Instagram, Facebook, and they'll post a video, an epic video, you know, they'll repost a video of a tarpon jumping or something like that. And on the original posters page, they'll get 25,000 views. And on that TV page, they get 200 views. Right. Because, because it's so saturated with, you know, the people that you don't really care don't really care about what's going on. They just want to be plugged in. And then you go to some a page like mine or a page like yours, and, and there's so much interaction because a we didn't pay for users. B everything we post is our unique content, and you've eliminated all the riffraff. And what you have are people who really want to know what's going on. They understand you're a trusted resource, and they want to be involved. And that's those that's the group of people I want to talk to. I don't care if I get a million views on my show if one person's doing something. Right. But if I get 10,000 views and 9,000 people are doing something, then I've done something. Exactly. And, 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 and it takes a lot of work. But that is where the future of social media, that's where the future of media, period, right. is going. I mean, like, I don't know. I was so excited to um, listen to Ron DeSantis the other day give his speech about the legislation that he passed. Because... Guys like you and Captains for Clean Waters and American Water Security Project and a host of others work, put a lot of work and energy into that. And some great things happened. So this speech to me was like, okay, great. I get to listen to, to, to the governor and what he thinks. And he gets through his whole um, speech about the legislation being passed. And then the media is there. And the first thing the media starts asking about is COVID. And I'm just like, oh, what a letdown. Like, I wanted the media to ask questions that, like, you or I would ask. Real questions. Right. So they could educate the rest of the state on exactly what legislation was passed, why it was passed, the need for it, you know, where it's going, where it came from, anything. Yeah, they missed the ball because, um, yeah, COVID's a big deal right now, obviously. And that's the number one thing. On they, every... deli they deliberately missed the ball. Yeah, of course. It's bought and paid for ahead of time, and it totally drives me crazy. But they missed the ball big time because right now in the state of Florida, our water quality is more important than it has ever been before. Because if we're ever going to reignite our economy, it's it's because our water is good. Mm -hmm. Our beaches are safe. Mm -hmm. Our fishing is great. Because the number one reason people come to the state of Florida to spend their money are those beaches and that water. Absolutely. Period. So what he's doing, what he's been doing since day one, office has been fighting for that water and so i get covid's a big deal right now there's no doubt i'm not trying to unplay that but when we have a, a success like you just described in tallahassee it was a result of all of these organizations fighting tooth and nail 
giving blood and time to make it happen, it is, there does require a moment, at least, to celebrate that and to talk about it and to edu- educate the average person because they need to know that's a huge win. And they did it. It was all of us together. Right. Right. And I just, uh, yeah, the, uh, the, I don't know if the media actually squandered it. I don't think that, you, you know, I think most of the people in the media just don't care. And they have their talking points. They're not willing to put in the energy to even follow, you know? And it's just, uh, it's really a, a, a downward spiral. On the other side of the coin, podcasting, um, you know, YouTube, all the different forms of social media. If people spend the right time and energy and um, channel their energy on where they get their content, they can get it. That's right. You know what I mean? And more and more people, like for me and you, it's a little hard. We're older. But for our kids, it's so easy. Oh, yeah. They make us look so bad. Wow. I mean, that's a sign of the times. I mean, how old are you, Vinny? You I'm 44. All right, you're 44. So you're, you're uh, what, six, seven, eight years younger than me. Now, my brother is two years older than me. The difference between my brother and I is got like two decades when it comes to, you know, digital. So the difference between 44 and 51, like you and I, that's a that's a big difference. And you're old. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm a dinosaur. Well, compared to, what, you know, that where this social media stuff is hitting. Sure. So when I say, when I say you know, making content that counts, um, it also counts on the new listener, the, the new consumer. Because most of the organizations that are into conservation, and that are into the outdoors and into the water. It's for old people. Yeah. You know, like the last time you've been to a CCA banquet. Right. You know, like I'm 51 years old. I go to a CCA banquet. I'm the young guy. Right. Or one of the young guys. You know what I mean? So um, what we're doing here with a podcast, and then I'll put stuff up on Instagram from today. I'll put stuff up on Facebook. We'll do a little blurb on YouTube. And... We're hitting the different demographic. Now, can guys like you and I keep it entertaining enough? That's the big question. Right. To motivate and inspire the young? That's a tough one. It is a tough one. It is a tough one. And it grows tougher because the younger generation, um, they, the information is so easily available to them. Entertainment is so easily available to them. If you are not entertaining for 30 seconds, you've lost it. Right. Whereas our generation, your generation, my generation, it might have been a couple minutes. And in a couple of minutes, you can cover a lot of topics. But in 30 seconds, you better be direct. You better be entertained. Right. Or you're going to lose it. Right. The, um, Stephen Busaka, who's co-host in this, in this uh, podcast here, I thought it was important to have a 27-year-old co-host. Sure. I want to take the messages that you, I, the pe- our peers have and pass it down and give the millennial the inspiration, the power to carry it on. And I think shows like like you're doing and that you've done in the past with Florida Sportsman, um, of course, the Captains for Clean Waters, um, American Water Security Project. There's a, there's a lot of them, Everglades Foundation. They're at a curve right now where even the millennials are starting to understand that we have to do something in order not to spoil the whole 
state, the whole fishing industry, the whole, not just fishing. Weren't like, like when we had that big sewage spill in, um, in Fort Lauderdale, record-breaking sewage spills. And we started posting, you know, first about the sewage spills. And at first, not even the news knew about it. Right. So I'm posting this stuff and people are like, you idiot. That's just storm runoff. That's not sewage, this, that, or the other. And I'm showing people pictures and the, the dead fish and the pipes that are broken. And they're arguing with me. And then, of course, you know, eight, nine, ten days later, it gets on the news. And then people are like, holy crap. That was right. But my point is, the millennials are carrying that message forward and understanding, you know, the problem. And the fight that we're in to in places like Miami and Fort Lauderdale, we're, we're pretty much at, not rock bottom, but we're at the bottom. Fort Lauderdale's worse than Miami because we don't have Biscayne Bay and, and it's a lot more congested. The water's much more congested. So basically we're at rock bottom. I took the mayor out in the boat with me about a week ago and we drove around for about 10 minutes and I asked him, I said, do you notice anything out here? And he's like, well, what do you mean? I says, do you notice that we haven't passed one tree? Not one tree. In the whole east side of Fort Lauderdale. It's all concrete. It's all seawall. And people don't realize that that's 100% different from when they started. When they started, there wasn't one seawall. So we're at rock bottom. And um, now it's time to rehabilitate and restore the waters in Fort Lauderdale and Miami. Everywhere. And then try to keep places like Port Charlotte and, and some of these other places that are starting to see what we did 20 years ago to get ahead of the curve. That's right. What would you what would you be what would be the best advice or the best well let me let me put it a different way. Most people contact me and they want to know what can I do? So from your experience at 44 years old and fishing down here forever and growing up here and being a real local, what would that what what, what would that sound like? What, what would Benny tell? Me? Well, there's a, there's a lot of things you can do. Um, Try to prioritize the most important. Yeah, well, contrary to belief, the belief is they can't do anything. The belief is your voice doesn't mean anything. You're one person. You're not a popular fishing guide or a TV show host. Um, and that's incorrect. Everybody has a social media platform right now, right? Mm -hmm. So. You reach if you reach five people, and you're and you're passing along information that you see from the trusted organizations, from you, from me, about what's going on in the state. That helps. That's a huge help because it's we're completely. The only reason we're seeing progress right now is because we've had the social media platforms to reach millions of people. Right. That's crucial. So become part of that web. There's also some things you can do immediately at your house. You can stop using fertilizer. We already know that every piece of fertilizer that goes into your yard goes right into the water. Mm -hmm. And what does that do? Uh, you know, times 2.5 million people who are down here, that destroys our waterways. And the, and the water that's in the canals goes into the lakes. And the water that goes in the lakes and the canals goes into the, into the bay. And without any trees, without any anything to filter any of that, any grass to filter any of that stuff, we have cesspools. Mm -hmm. Like you've seen, you experience every single day. And um, so you can stop fertilizing. You can make, you can show up at your local government meetings. I don't care what they are, because I just showed up at every one of them when I first started. Right. And you can start making water issues, wastewater issues a priority by speaking about it every time. 
bring it up even when it's not on the agenda. Right. The, the local cities have more power to do something than county, than state. You have to start at your local level. And so you can, I, I'm in Palmetto Bay right now, and I can start at the Palmetto Bay meetings. And then you work your way up from there. And if the local municipalities start taking responsibility for their wastewater, then we have 400 counties in the state of Florida, 400 cities in the state of Florida taking care of their wastewater, as opposed to one state effort that requires billions of dollars. That's a good way to put it. And um, you can use examples like there are municipalities in and around the Tampa Bay area who have taken control of their wastewater, at least at least better than what they did. And in the, in the 80s and 90s, there were, Tampa Bay was accessible. They right. literally were dumping their sewer into the bay. Right. They lost all their seagrass and the fish were harder to come by. Now, there's still problems with wastewater, no doubt. But because of the local municipalities were holding themselves responsible, they've affected change. There's seagrass there again. The water's clean again. The fishing is good again, even though there's 10 times more people there than there was in the 80s and 90s. Um, that's an example. You can make change. It starts at a local level. Right. So you can, when I said there's a million ways, there's a lot of ways you can get involved. There are a lot of ways. You can start at your house. You can start on your social media page. And you can show up in your local municipalities. And if you want to do more than that, I applaud you. You can. You can, you can come to the Catch Clean Water meetings. You can go to the Everglades Foundation uh, uh, meetings. You can show up in Tallahassee and D.C. when we go. We have major call to actions, and we need you know uh, politicians to vote certain ways. Um, those those things are all available for you to do. Every single voice matters, and that's why I did the show because I wanted to empower those people who I know are passionate. You can go to the, any ramp on a Saturday morning and see the passion in the little kids' eyes when they want to get on the boat and go fishing. Right. I mean, they love that water. And if they knew it could be better and we could save it, they would be there with you fighting. But they just need to know. So if you can empower the people around you, and the cool thing about you know becoming a little educated and feeling empowered and wanting to talk about water is that it's contagious. It's a domino effect. When I teach Jeff, if I taught you four plus four is eight, the first thing you want to do is talk to your buddies and say, Hey man, did you know four plus four is eight? Right. You want to share it. So when you become educated, when you find something on social media that makes a lot of sense from one of these trust organizations that share. And that's how we're going to make change. Yeah, that's the best. That's the best advice and the most consistent advice that um, that I've found so far. Pretty much everybody um, that I've talked to, they're crying out loud for people to get involved. And um, I heard this for years. You know, the old, the old saying, hey, write your congressman. You know what I mean? Right. And it was kind of like almost like a cliche. Like it didn't really pertain to me. If I write my congressman, you know, nothing's really going to happen. And um, I was so pissed after the sewage breaks. Now, I had my concerns before the sewage breaks because I was watching wildlife die. I was having to expand my fishery in order to keep my clients on fish. So I knew there was an issue and I could see it. And I knew, you know, it was, um, but it was such a gradual um, learning experience, you know, over a lot of years. And so, yeah, I know I could put it together, but I got so upset and was so furious um, at the government for letting what happened happen in Fort Lauderdale that my first instinct was to find the city commissioners, find the mayor, find the governor, anybody else, all the state representatives, 
And I wanted to motherfuck them. I wanted to bash them. Right. I was so pissed. I wanted to put it all on them. And then after spending some time to educate myself, and I think the key word here is educate, because the more you educate yourself, the more intelligently you can make strategic moves to make things better. But I realized that that was a waste of energy getting mad at my city leaders. I need to spend that energy on getting my community around me to rally, to cry out. And that's what will actually influence your city leaders. There's no doubt. We, we went through that, I say we, loosely, because in 2015 in Florida Bay, we lost 50,000 acres of seagrass. That's what threw me over the edge. Prior to that, I was always a proponent of environmental change, fixing the issues and addressing this issue. But I always felt like, well, I, you know, I fish in Everglades National Park. Someone's taking care of the park, of course. Yeah, it's a national park. And there's biologists and there's organizations that are named after it. Of course, everyone's taking care of the park. And in 2015, when that happened, and then the first meetings I went to, I realized that no one cared. There was no sense of urgency. And I felt like that the entire community needed to know, our community needed to know. Right. And so I went to Tallahassee, and I went to D.C. I went to Tallahassee first, and I'm yelling and screaming about what's going on, and right next to me is Daniel Andrews. And right next to him is, you know, guys from Bull Sugar. And right next to them is the entire organization from Everglades Foundation, all yelling the same exact thing. And um, it blew me away that, that we were there screaming, we came from all around the state to, to, to scream for the same things. And it made a difference that we showed up, right? That was mm -hmm. the first realization. The, the legislators looked at us, you're, you're a fishing guy from Everglades National Park and you came all the way up here to speak to us? That, that made an impact, right? Okay. But I was only representing myself. And so they listened, but enough to appease me at that particular moment. And then I went, went away, no big deal. Mm -hmm. That's when Daniel and Chris were like, we've got to rally the entire community. They started capital framework. That's when Everglades Foundation started advertising and getting involved with our, our fishing community. Um, and what I realized was that I needed to be a megaphone for what's happening there to our fishing community. Right. And that's when I blew up my social media pages on what was going on. And the more people were educated, the more they wanted to spread. And the more they wanted to spread, the more people became educated. And when I, next time I went to Tallahassee, D.C., I was representing 10,000 people, 15,000 people. And that made an impact. That made a difference. And so a letter to a congressman, telling somebody to write a letter to a congressman, makes a very little difference. But if 10,000 people write that same letter to that congressman, it makes a world of difference. Correct. Correct. And people need to um, feel comfortable doing that. And then, like I said, education. And we're, we're able to provide some education through the social media. Yeah. And... I think through a domino effect, the average everyday fisherman is signing up to be a captain for clean water. Yeah. They're clicking on the videos that, you know, are, are expressing that and showing that and exposing that. And those are small baby steps of education. That's right. And then as they educate themselves just a little bit, then they want more and right. they want more and they want more. I'm not hell what they're teaching our kids in school, but you would think, especially here in the state of Florida, that it would go all the way down to the state level. And, and shit, that's a federal level, right? 
teachers union and all that. Sure. But anyway, you would think that that would be, you know, a big topic. Yeah. Unfortunately, a lot of those teachers and stuff that are teaching our, our kids are just now educating themselves. That's right. Everybody's Foundation started a program a few years ago, um, educating teachers to add Everglades restoration into their curriculum. Mm-hmm. I actually spoke at the teacher symposium last year and was able to speak to 250 teachers right. about what's really happening on the ground in the water right now in Tallahassee, what the progress is, and every single one of them was engaged. That's a huge hope. Um, in my opinion, I've gone to schools and spoken, and every single class I've spoken to was extremely engaged. Mm-hmm. They wanted to know more. The kids get it. I mean, their first, I think you and I talked about this briefly, the first question when you talk to kids about what's going on in the Everglades and the environment, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, what we got to do to fix it, their first question is, how can you let this, how could you guys have let this get this bad? Right. Of course we have to go fix it. How do we to fix it right now? What do I have to tell my mommy and daddy to do right now? They, they get it. Whereas you go to my generation and you have to give them, you know, 300 page documents, you know, with facts about what's going on and what we've done, what we've got to do. They need, you know, they need as much background information as possible. There's no, even though they've watched it their entire life degradate. And at some point we just have to stop questioning. We have to start fixing. Right. And See, I think, I think a lot of guys, older guys, because it was a gradual right. to an end to end to a destruction. Right. I think because it was gradual, you know, it's like the new norm. Like you, you, it's like getting a callus. You can tolerate more and more and more because it's such a slow process. Right. But the amount of destruction in the last five years, in my opinion, is more than it was twenty years before that. We're at we're at a point of critical mass where. Mother Nature can't do it anymore. She's totally crippled. It's no, that's a red what... flag. It should be a red flag for everybody in our generation. And I think that's why it goes back to what you're saying about more and more of our our community is starting to click on those links and starting to share those links and starting to get involved, even just buying a hat or, or just actually reading a, a post that we post or, or watching a video. And and that's, that's progress. Mm-hmm. I'll take that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, my show and things I post online, but I'm, my objective isn't to get, is to rally 10 people to come with me to Tallahassee. My objective is to, is to motivate people to click one more time, to get involved a little bit more, mm-hmm. to share a little bit more because, because we're never going to win with 10 people. We're going to win with 10 million people. Mm-hmm. And, and that's, that's, unfortunately, that's what it's going to take. Right. Well, for if, the, if the audience that doesn't know, Benny's been at, what, three Lunker Cons? At least. Three or four Lunker Cons over the years. And he's always been a big supporter of all our social media. He's always been able to identify with the real guy. And we've always had a good time. We don't see each other a lot. But when we do see each other, it's, it's, it's good times. And we know that we're on the same page. And um, I think it's important with the drive to fix the environment is to make it cool. Yeah. Like we do at LunkerCon. That's right. Where it's not um, a chore, it's not a lecture, it's not a banquet. It's the community of people that we can get together can have a good time fixing our issues here in the state. Right. And we can make it cool. And I think if we make it cool, 
where the 27, 28-year-old kid could show up and he can see a guy like Benny Blanca or Tom Rowland or Peter Miller or George Gods or the IGFA world record holders, the Andy Mills of the world. And you show up and you say, hey, I'm part of that. And I can make it cool. And the word that you said earlier, which I think is so key, is you called this a movement. That's right. Because it's not just a bunch of conservation nutters anymore. No. Because when we grew up, everybody that was screaming about conversation was borderline nuts. That's right. You know? So, you, so, so it was normal for us to tune them out because they were nutters. But now it's not nutters. That's right. It's an absolute movement. It's a cultural change. That's That's... The root of it is it's cultural change. We have to get away from the culture of we can take anything we want from the environment and it'll still be there. Two, we have to do everything we can to protect it so it'll be there for our kids. Right. It's a cultural shift and it's, a, it's an actual movement. And um, that's what I think the Boys of Captain started in 2015, 2016. I think it's gone downhill from there as far as momentum goes. It's just absolutely steamrolling now. We got progress in Tallahassee. We're seeing progress in D.C. Um, there are legislators on even the local levels who are understanding their impact on the water issues, and um, that's a result of everybody who's listening, everybody who watches the show, getting involved. Again, using whatever means their voices. It could be to reach one person, or it could be to reach a thousand people. Whatever it is, to use it to act, to do something, to be part of the movement. I welcome everybody to be part of the movement. That's what I do with the show. I was telling you, we go into these areas. You know, one of the first shows we shot this year was in the Mosquito Lagoon, and we went and filmed with Billy Rodney, and um, we had a Fishing for Science event at Hell's Bay Boat Works, and we had um, 40 younger generation fishermen come and show up, and we had scientists talking about what the issues were, and it's amazing the interaction between the community and the scientists, because that never happened before. Mm-hmm. As a fisherman, have you ever sat down with a scientist to understand what's going on in Fort Lauderdale? Like, it would be pretty epic, wouldn't it? I mean, it'd be information that you'd be sharing. And so uh, that it is a movement. It's, it's a movement of empowering people in our industry to understand that A, they have a voice, B, they have the responsibility to get educated, and C, they should use that voice. Mm-hmm. And if we continue to do that, we can see change. I mean, we're seeing it already. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit. Is it, has there been any positive change down there in Everglades National Park since... The movement has, has started? Definitely. Um, what are you seeing? So from, from a physical standpoint, we are we do have cleaner water. There is no doubt. That a, a lot of that has to do with Mother Nature doing what she does. We had Irma come through in 2017. We had more fresh water in 2017 than we usually ever get. Okay. Um, probably very close to what it was historically. Um, because of that, we've had a huge bumper crop of snow, redfish, trout, baby tarpon. And everybody's catching fish right now. So, unfortunately, a lot of the a lot of the community feels that when they're catching a lot of fish, that means the water's bad. That's right. not necessarily the case. Um, and then we've had good rain years, except for this year. This year we did have a pretty bad drought. Um, on top of that, we have been working with the Army Corps engineers. We have been working with South Florida Water Management District. There is more fresh water going into Taylor Slough right now. It's only it's just small amounts: two percent, three percent, five percent, but it's water. That we never had. And it's better than going the other way. For sure. Negative 2%, 5%. Which we have been doing for 80 years. Right. So, uh, and for me, that's a huge sign of hope. Imagine, no one alive has been in Flamingo, in Florida Bay, when there was fresh water flowing inside. Hmm. It hasn't happened for 80 years or 100 years. 
So no one's seen that. So all of our historical data that shows that the grass is going to come back in 15 years if, if this happens in 10 years, it's all based on not getting water because we never got water. So now we're actually affecting real change in the, in the bark, which is, which is tremendous. And because of that, we have clean water on the east side. We've got grass starting to grow back. The fishing is off the charts. I mean, every time that happens, we have an influx of new guides because they go down there and they think, well, I, mean, I caught 30 redfish today. I could be a guide. And that's, that's true. I mean, there are that many fish, and it is, it is great to do that. Um, but it's a, it's a sign that the entire community has come together to affect change, and we're seeing it firsthand. On top of that, you go on the other side of the glades, which is the Clusahatchee and the, the St. Lucie River. Neither of them have had major discharges in the last two years. Mm -hmm. The result, grass is growing back. Water is clean. Best tarpon, tarpon uh, season of all time in, in Santa Rosa Island this year. Like guys reporting unbelievable catches because we're not putting that dirty lake water into those estuaries. Right, pushing everything away. I mean, it, it's unfortunately what that means is that people become a little complacent. You know, we've had two years, two good summers, and you know the water issues are good. Everybody's good. We don't need to fight. Well, anybody that's complacent, um, I'll take you out in Fort Lauderdale, right. and I'll show you areas where we did TV shows that were unbelievable mm -hmm. as far as fish catches go. And I'll show you all the places where I put lunkers in people's faces for the last 20 years that we can't do it anymore. That's right. So if you know anybody that needs any type of motivation, send, send, them to, send them to Fort Lauderdale. We'll show them. Yeah. Gotcha. Now, one of the things that uh, happened in Fort Lauderdale since that big sewage spill, um, I can walk into any office downtown Fort Lauderdale and they'll be like, oh, there's Captain Jeff. As far as I'm concerned, that's a major win. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sure. And it just goes to show you that what you're saying is that when people get involved and they start right there at their local community, I learned this year how powerful the local government really can be when, it, when we're talking about sewage and municipality issues right. and how much power they actually have. Right. And it's somewhat unique in government structure. You know what I mean? So, starting locally normally would be like, I don't know, pissing against the wind. But I do know that all these small communities all across Florida, all across the southeast, all these coastal communities are going through what Fort Lauderdale went through. That's right. I want to urge these people to get ahead before there's major catastrophes. And if you, feel, and if you, if you love the water like Benny does, make sure that your local congressman or local commissioner, your local mayor, your local representatives know you That's right. and know how much you love the water. And they can do it. It's pretty simple. For sure they can. I mean, honestly, it's easier to get something done in Fort Lauderdale, for Fort Lauderdale, than it is to go to Tallahassee. Imagine going to DeSantis' office and asking him for $3 million to fix the sewage issues in Fort Lauderdale. When he's got, he's looking at the entire state of Florida. Right. But if you go to Fort Lauderdale, you go to your specific municipality who's just gone through that sewage bill, who had businesses lost, who had horrible smell, and dealing with all that issue, and they the tax dollars are going to that municipality, they will absolutely vote to fix it mm -hmm. because their dollars literally are being hurt mm -hmm. by by the, the issue. So it's a lot easier to get things done locally uh, than it is in a state level. 
But one, what, what the cool thing is, it's also a domino effect. When municipalities are starting to take care of their issues, then the counties are seeing progress and they get involved. And when the counties are all seeing success, then it's easy to get to support in Tallahassee. Right. And the same thing with Tallahassee and D.C. It's uphill ladder. Whereas if you work from D.C. down, it's extremely difficult. Imagine talking a congressman from Colorado into approving a you know a three hundred million dollar budget for every glitch restoration. Yeah. It doesn't affect his 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 constituents. Mm-hmm. That's very very difficult. We've been facing that battle since we started. Um, so starting at the local municipality is absolutely the first step. And if, if there are people out there who want to get involved, that's the first thing they can do: show up at the local meetings, right, and just talk. Yeah, tell people what what happened. Have you, um, are you involved in any guide associations or anything like that? So uh, I was initially in the Florida Guide Association, uh, but did very little for us. Um, then I was involved, and I still am involved slightly on the Florida Keys Fishing Guides Association, but I started the Everglades Guides Association two years ago. Um, haven't done much with it because I've been so consumed with the show, but the objective was to empower my, my guides, my Everglades guides, to have a voice, mm-hmm. to be able to use that organization and affect change in Tallahassee. Well, one of the one of the things that went through my head, you know, I get I get invited to speak at different fishing clubs and guide associations, and I think back over the years, and I've never seen one government official attend any of those meetings. So one of the messages that I'm trying to put out there right now is people that are part of a fishing club or a guide association or any type of group of people. You know that is interested in fishing the wildlife the water and not just fishing because people that i've met since the catastrophe in fort lauderdale paddleboarders surfers just typical moms and stuff that want their kids to be able to water ski and be able to get in the water you know you can't even swim right in parts of fort lauderdale at this point i believe we closed down the freaking fort lauderdale beach that's the beach in the entire world that is the most, when you think about beach, you think about Fort Lauderdale. Right. You know, spring break, where the boys were. I mean, you know, it was a cultural thing. Like, that was the beach. And we have signs up, and you can't even get in the fucking water. You know what I mean? I so, believe it. We saw it all up and down the city of Florida. Right. And the other thing that these other municipalities and guide associations and fishermen and paddleboarders need to understand is the contaminated water that's here in Fort Lauderdale, Miami, it doesn't stay here. It doesn't know what county it's in. Right. So if you're, if you think your town is um, doing a great job and it's not your problem, if you live in Florida, it's your problem. That's right. Homosass, beautiful down there. Right. Those people need to get ahead That's right. of what's coming because well, there's times when we thought we thought this was the most beautiful place in the world. Well, we're we're more connected than even that. I mean, we're definitely connected by water, no doubt. We're connected. Physically as well. For example, if the water is bad in Fort Lauderdale, and you have to, you have to provide for your family, you're a guy, right? Where are you going to fish? Mm-hmm. Miami. If Miami's the water is bad in Miami, where are the guys in Miami going to fish? Everglades or Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> right. And so every time we have a displacement, it puts unnes- undue pressure on another fisher. And so it is a state of Florida problem. We vote together, and we we made a huge statement in 2018 when we elected. Ron DeSantis, and he did what he did. Um, it shows the power of us voting together, of a connected industry, a connected community. 
not just fishing, like you just pointed out, which is a great point. It's not just fishing. It's everyone who relies on the water, every business that relies on the water. Whether, and it could even not be, it doesn't even have to be some a business that provides a boat or a fishing or a paddleboard or, or a canoe. It could be an accounting business on an island. Dude, you sell hamburgers and french fries. It doesn't yeah. matter what business it is. You're right. Sure. Sanibel, Sanibel, the Chamber of Commerce of Sanibel in 2018, when they had the, uh, the algal blooms, the supercharged red tide, they, they lost millions of dollars over a summertime. It was hundreds of millions of dollars. I can't remember how much the number was, but every single business on that island was shut down. Mm-hmm. Every single business. You couldn't be on the beaches. It, the hotels couldn't couldn't stay you know, afloat. I mean, it was, it was insane. So um, going, going back to your point of it's not just the fishermen. It's literally everybody. And we're all connected. We're connected by a lot of different ways, by water, by physicality, by the state. And, and the sooner we recognize that we are all together, the sooner we can actually do change, do something. Mm-hmm. The, other, the other thing that, um, and you, that you brought up that I think is interesting is a lot of people in the state um, originally looked at the Everglades Foundation and Captains for Clean Waters and said, well, that's the Everglades. You know, if you're in Titusville, that's what, 200 miles away. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't, a, there wasn't a connection at the beginning. You know what I mean? Sure. But I think now, um, because a lot of the stuff that Captains for Clean Waters pushed for and some of the other organizations have pushed for was a win for the whole state. And everybody's got a little bit different um, issue. Like in Titusville, it's septic. It's more than that, but yes. Right. It's different than the Everglades. Right. It's different than the Everglades. And Fort Lauderdale is a little bit different than, right. of course, Titusville because of the way the municipality works and the big you know, uh, sewer system. And then the drain-offs, and then there's so much different things. But the stuff that got passed, there's parts of that that can help everybody. Oh, for sure. But even even if it doesn't physically help one of the places, like maybe maybe the Great Doors Act doesn't doesn't help Apalachicola Bay, right? But the fact that we actually have representation in Tallahassee right now, that we have respect, and that people are listening to our community. Whether it be for the Everglades, for Fort Lauderdale, you know, Mosquito Lagoon, Jacksonville, whatever it is, it means that we actually have a voice for the first time ever. That is huge. You know, so no matter what anyone wants to talk about, captains or any other organization, mm-hmm. the fact that we're seeing positive change that we have a voice in Tallahassee is huge. And it means it's a, it's a huge step for us to see positive change in the future. Right. And so there's no doubt Captain's Clean Water is about every restoration. That, that affects their fishery, it affects the East Coast fishery, it affects Everglades National Park and the Florida Keys, there's no doubt. Everglades Foundation is about the Everglades, there's no doubt. But to have those voices in Tallahassee, those respected, strong voices in Tallahassee and in D.C., and to have legislators not just not just wanting to hear what we have to say, but actually fearful of the repercussions if they don't do what they promised they're going to do because we're holding them accountable, right, that's huge. then we're seeing change. That's so huge. that means big things. And what and what I would recommend for uh, communities, organizations, uh, communities and municipalities like Fort Lauderdale, like Apalachicola, like Mesquite Lagoon, that they're, they, there's, they organize very much like the Capture Clean Water model or the Everglades Foundation or whatever, whatever one of the successful models to organize. Because the more together you are, the more educated and and in symmetry you are together when you speak, the more you'll have an impact in Tallahassee. Right. And um, 
the, pa the pattern's already there. It's proven, it works. We are already making progress in a lot of places. It's an easy time to, to organize and to actually make change. Right. I think um, somebody explained it to me um, like this, as far as getting the organization organized. We want to make it kind of like the way the Cub Scouts worked. You know what I mean? Sure. Because it was a duplicatable process right. that taught people the right things and the, and the way to respect nature and be a scout. Right. But it was duplicatable, and then it spread all over the world. The world. Yeah. And we can do that. We're on our way to do that. That's right. And thanks to guys like you that are making it a priority and are holding people accountable, which is what everybody should do and right. can do. I think we can make that happen. Yeah, there's no doubt. Yeah, We're already seeing it happen, Jeff. I mean, um, prior to 2016, then it was talk. If you speak up, if you fight for it, it'll, it'll we'll make progress. And it was really pissing in the wind mm -hmm. because it made sense and it was motivational, but really got nowhere. Now we're seeing change. We are in those places. We are speaking up. We are getting respect. And we are seeing progress. So now is the time. I just don't want there ever to have, I don't ever want to have that conversation with my grandchildren where that I just didn't do enough. That there was there was some time and and I didn't speak up I, or, or I didn't go to that one more meeting or I want to look back and see it. I did everything I could. And because of that, we have this fishery. That's what I want. And, and I think that if everybody took a little bit of that stance, that if our community, our fishing community, which is very strong, um, very much connected and in love with the water, to just empower them to do a little bit of that, mm -hmm. that, that in 10 years, we'll, we talk, we'll be singing a different tune. Mm -hmm. No, it might not even take that long. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, we got things working for us, like social media, which we've never had before. Right. The Like I said, the, the, the new kid on the block, the millennials out there, they may not know how to channel that energy yet, but they have it. Right. You know, they know it. They know that they need to be a part of something. Sure. And they're looking for it. You know, right. And I think guys like you and me and these organizations that we've been dealing with and we've been introduced to can help guide them That's right. like the guides that we are um, along the way. One of the things that um, I want to do this year differently, and as soon as this COVID shit goes away and people can start acting normal and gathering um, like normal people can gather, I want to go all around the state. I want to come to Miami. I want to go to Fort Lauderdale. I want to go to Pompano. I want to go to all the municipalities. I want to tell them the story about Fort Lauderdale why we moved there in 1975 to fish and enjoy the beach and where we are today and not to make the same mistakes that we made in Fort Lauderdale, Miami. That's awesome. I want you to help me. I will. Because I want to do one here in Miami. Okay. And well, Miami loves you, Benny. We're going to be traveling with the show too. There's, there's a collaboration opportunity there as well because I'm doing the same thing. I mean, very much the same thing. I do these fishing for science events. It's, it's named differently, but it's the same thing. Right. I'm, what I want is for people to leave there with a better education of what's going on, what the fears are going forward that the current path is, but what we can see if we go this way. And, um, and it's amazing what happens at the end of those meetings. I mean, it's easily the most motivational nights of the year. Mm -hmm. Those people leave and they go do something. Mm -hmm. 
and they communicate with me regularly. And um, they're the first ones to share something I post. They're the first ones to educate their friends about it. And so I, I, I positioned like this when I spoke to the sponsors this year when I was trying to pitch them for the show. Is that last year we went into 12 locations mm -hmm. and we started a fire in every single one of them. And I want to connect those fires. And if we can do that, which we can, we've okay. already shown the model, we can do that, then Florida is can be the model for the rest of the country how to take control of their water and fix it for good. I think I think you're right on. And I think we can break it down even further being in Broward and Dade. Yeah, definitely. You know what I mean? Because I think everybody can learn from our mistakes. For sure. And they can get ahead of the problems that they can't foresee. Because i got to tell you, when I was 35 years old, it was going on. But I couldn't see it. Right. You know what I mean? I was too busy being a macho fisherman. Right. Putting monkers in people's faces and laughing about it. And right. Dude, I live in Fort Lauderdale, the yachting capital of the world. I got all the finest restaurants around me. And I'm out fishing the guys in Everglades National Park and things like that. And I used to laugh and goof around about it. I can't do that anymore. Yep. And you've watched my guide career. I started off in their new river, mm -hmm. right? Then I have to go out to the ocean. Then I go and catch billfish. Now I have to go to Miami in the winters to keep my clients on the fish. And I never had to do that before. Right. You know what I mean? And like I said, right here, Broward and Dade County, we've made so many mistakes. Right. And if you teach people what those mistakes were, Guys like you and me can make a bigger difference than, say, somebody that's in Homo Sasa right. or somebody that's in Apalachicola. Right. You know, because the stuff that happens down here happens so much faster than any place else, not only in the state, but in the world. Yeah, well, we're, we're really good at doing things bad. Oh, yeah. And then we're really Precious. good at <laughs> amplifying it into something horrible yeah. and then sweeping it under the rug. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I think the politicians finally get it. You, sure. you know, like, I think they spent 90 to 100% of their energy on sweeping things under the rug for the last 30 years. And finally, they're like, if we do that, yeah. not only are we going to get ousted out of office, but... Well, let me tell you something. Well, that's, that's why that captain's hat is so important. It is... So, um, we, when we started going to those places, started traveling with Daniel and Chris, we'd wear our captain's hat, and it was just an avenue to, to have a start a conversation people say wow that's cool hat what's what's that about you educate them and then it became okay here come the guys from captains they're going to be talking about us talking about everybody's restoration again let's you know run the other way or break out our notes mm -hmm. and then it became fear like i better listen or i gotta do what i, I have to do what i promised i was going to do okay. there's a sense of accountability when they see those hats they know that we're educated and we're not going to go away we love this water. We're going to fight until there's nothing left. And so um, having that facade, that face, that, that, that symbol is so important. Yeah. And, uh, it's and a brand. It's what it is. It's a brand, but it's, it's more than that. It's a, it's a symbol of a movement. Right. It's our entire community coming together. Wow. Captains fights for everybody's restoration. There's no doubt. But it's bigger than that. It's about empowering our entire community to speak up with what they've seen and to empower them to, to take that love for the water and use it to fight for it mm -hmm. because they can't. Mm -hmm. We're showing them they can't. And if you do, we can see change. And so 
it's it's more than a brand. It's more than even just a movement. It's it's it is who we are need to be going forward if we want to see these things fixed. That's awesome, Benny. Listen, man, thanks for being on the Real Guy podcast. This was a great interview. The real guys out there across the country are going to love it or across the world are going to love it. And from the bottom of my heart, I just want to thank you personally because I knew you before you were a captain for clean water. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I knew you when you were just trying to build your business as I was trying to build my business. I knew you from the Florida Sportsman Forum days. Right. I mean, we go back. Yeah. And um, when I walk around and people say, hey, do you know Benny Blanco? I'm proud to say that I know so anyway, thanks so much for being on the Real Guy Podcast, and then keep running. My pleasure, always.